Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea. Sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for the weekend. So it is a Venus conjunct Uranus weekend, and we have a lot to talk about as far as that is concerned through astro design, the combination of astrology and human design and how we bring that together to get a fuller picture of what the energy is bringing us to. And so we have quite a bit to talk about as far as that goes, but I do hope today to have some time at the end to do a couple of card readings. I realize I've been missing that except for the ones that we pull for the uh, collective. So hopefully we'll get to some of that. Uh, I noticed a couple of people out there already early this morning. Good morning, Susie. And Erica says she and her husband are on the road to the Black Hills of South Dakota. Enjoy the trip. I'm sure it's beautiful out there. Tom, good morning to you. And Kajella, good morning to you as well. So today, I think what we'll do is we'll start with the moon. And the moon right now is about to enter into the void, meaning it is entering into a wandering phase, not making any new contacts before it moves on into the next sign. And so today, right now, in this moment, the moon is in Libra. In fact, this morning when I pulled up the chart, uh, the moon was at 2551, almost 26 degrees of Libra. So by now, it is likely just about out. In fact, we enter the void at 1037 a.m. Pacific time. And the moon is void until 141 p.m. So there's a chunk of time today where not much can happen, not much new anyway. It is kind of closing up the phase of the uh, its transit through Libra. So we may feel like we can't get much done, or if we're trying to get our feet beneath us to do something new, we might not be able to feel like we're getting anywhere or doing anything of real importance. But after 1.41 p.m., uh, West Coast time, which is going to be what 4:41 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast, your day is almost done. Uh, at least your work day is almost done by that point in time. So if you have something you need to get done, get it done early, and then just know that the rest of the day, uh, at least the work day, might be sort of you know filled with I can't seem to make things happen. Now, when the moon moves into Scorpio, it'll be there for the entire weekend up until Sunday at, let's see, it looks like I have it at 3.32 p.m. West Coast time. So for literally then for all of the parts of the weekend that really matter, uh, the moon will be in Scorpio. And Scorpio is sign across from Venus and Uranus in Taurus. So while Venus conjunct Uranus at first blush seemed like, oh, might be kind of exciting, might be maybe some adventure, something new, uh, it is also going to be something deeper than that, as the moon will be transiting through the sign of Scorpio. So let's start by talking about, well, what does the moon look like and bring to us when it is moving through the sign of Scorpio? In fact, I might even pull out, yes, let's see if I can get it quickly, pull out the astro. Yes, got it. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about Scorpio. So the energy of the light of Scorpio, so the highest frequencies of Scorpio energy. And by the way, you don't have to be a Scorpio to be feeling this energy. You all have Scorpio somewhere in your astrology chart and Scorpio gates in your human design chart. So you, you don't get to escape it just because you think, oh, I don't have anything in Scorpio. I'm cool. I don't have to worry about it. 
that's not quite true, right? Because as a planet transits through the sign, it can trigger things that happen to the planets that rule the sign, which would be Mars and Pluto. And it can send off beams of energy to other planets in the chart. So never think that you're escaping. It might not be something as profound as other people might experience, but for sure it's there and you may be feeling some of the effects. Now in Scorpio energy, we're uncovering motives, right? We're uncovering something in the depths and in our own you know, personal chart that can mean understanding what our motives are, what are we doing and why? And is it a motivation of fear, right? Have we been doing things or acting out of a sense of fear? Or have we been acting out of a sense of authenticity? Have we been acting out of a sense of wanting to fit in and be like everyone else? So many things to consider here about what our motives are. And where this is happening in your own life might be easy to tell by the house that Scorpio and even Taurus, the opposite sign, are in for you. So in my own chart, for example, Scorpio is in the fifth house. And that would put Taurus in my 11th house. So that axis uh, is what will be activated over this particular weekend in my chart. So you might have it in a different house, but it's activating the entire um, axis, if you will, in that chart. And this is emotionally moving energy, right? And in Scorpio, sometimes we find that we're holding on to a lot of baggage, the baggage might be emotional. It could be literally physical, like things that we're holding on to that really have no meaning for us anymore, but we just don't let go. It could be old grievances, um, places, you know, uh, things where we or, are holding on to uh, beliefs or philosophies that aren't serving us. So <clears throat> in the light of Scorpio, then we are coming across the things that emotionally move us and move us to emotion, e, emotional motion, emotion, right? So moving things, moving energy. This is a sign that is intensely intuitive, right? Almost prophetic even. And areas of your chart where that happens, where you have that sign with the moon moving through there in particular, you could really tap into something deep within you or something uh, that you need to know about what's happening around you. It is deep and it is deeply committed to whatever it is, uh, a cause, uh, a passion. It is a deeply committed sign. It is extraordinarily observant. And our powers of observation about motives, for example, perhaps, or about meaning about things that are going on can become more keen during this period of time. It is a passionate sign in the highest expressions. Passion, living from that passion. What do you love? Who do you love? Uh, what do you love to do? It is self-transformative energy. Scorpio is the only sign that has sort of a, a triphasic experience where in its lowest expression, it is the scorpion, right? That would rather sting itself to death rather than to be cornered or to do the bidding of someone else or to do something uh, that would might be good for it, right? Th that it doesn't want to do. Um, then from the scorpion, we can move into the eagle, which rises up, you know, to the higher self, let's say, and we see things from the higher perspective, we can bring more wisdom and insight to things that are happening in our lives to the meaning of things in our lives. And 
in the highest expression, this is where the transformative energy comes in because it can be the phoenix, right? The complete transformation of who we are or of what we've been doing. And it's a self-transformation. It means we, by choice, have decided that we are going to change something about ourselves. Maybe we are going to empower ourselves to be or do something to move forward despite fear, right? To do things that we might not ordinarily do. So tra transformative, but also powerful. This is a sign that rules power. Both Mars and Pluto are the ruling planets here. Mars is that masculine, aggressive or assertive energy and Pluto, the master transformer, the agent of change, right? Change catalyzed by Mars and carried out by Pluto. It is a sign of control and being in control of oneself, of one's emotions, of one's uh, life direction, patient, right? Scorpio at first blush doesn't seem like it would be a very patient sign, but uh, Scorpio people, Scorpio in general, can hold the, the space for as long as it takes to get the transformation done. They can tap into that well of patience. And a saying that we might have for Scorpio in the light is about empowering the self by releasing control, not holding on so tightly to how we think things should be or the way that um, you know, we want it to go, <clears throat> to be open to allowing uh, some universal or God or source energy to come on in and get us where we want to go in the light, right? In the light, um, in the dark, right? We always have to address the shadow. I think one of the biggest problems on the planet is that there are a lot of shadow energies. They're playing out right in front of us every day on the screen, in our politics, in our institutions, in our homes, in our schools, uh, in, in every way the shadows are playing out in front of us because we have not um, addressed them personally. So even though I don't want to live in the shadows, right, I don't want us to focus completely there in the shadows, this opportunity that Scorpio provides us is a place to look at for where we might be sabotaging ourselves, right? Where we might not be standing up for ourselves, where we might not be being our own best friends, but rather our own worst enemies. And in the dark here, then there's a brooding energy around Scorpio, a vengeful or revengeful, a jealous sort of hateful energy that can come up. And this is the deep dark, right? So when we're looking at what do we see in our world, in our own lives, where hate or vengefulness or brooding is coming up, and what does that emotion trigger for us? Not because I want you to live in that. I want you to be able to see it for what it is and what its root cause is so that you can release it and move it to the light. There can be a lot of severe fear in Scorpio energy in the dark fearing everything, right? Fearing that if I don't hold on to control, that I'm going to die. Fearing that if I don't, you know, behave in a certain way, I won't be accepted. I won't be long. So lots of different fears that can lead to over anxieties with the uh, energy in Scorpio. It can lead to feeling guilty, like a vague sense of, I must have done something to deserve this. Obsessive energy. <laughs> These are all, of course, dark energies that might be showing up in our lives over the weekend. 
and of course being cut off from your intuition where you can't seem to connect and underneath all of that is a sense of i don't trust myself i don't trust anyone we're all inherently bad there's something inherently wrong in the world and that would be the shadow of uh, the moon transiting through the sign of scorpio but remember the high side, right? We can we can transform all of these energies. We can transform hate, hate into deep love, deep compassion, and deep generosity. We can transform fear into light, right? Into being emotionally moving, emotionally moved to change up that energy. And by releasing control, we can actually be, be a little more vulnerable, be a little more open to what the world might hold for us. And uh, maybe seeing a new direction that we can go in uh, when we are open, when we choose to be open. And we're, we're focusing a lot on the Scorpio energy because as the moon is swinging through Scorpio over the weekend, it is going to be triggering emotional uh, energy caught up in the Venus conjunct Uranus in Taurus energy. That's the big news. Remember earlier in the week, I said the biggest news isn't kind of happen until the end of the week. So here we are here today leading up to it. Tomorrow, the exact and Sunday, it moving on a bit. And it is a powerful transit when it happens. It can be, there's an astrological meaning that we're going to go into, but as well, a, an energy that I really want us to focus on that comes from human design for both um, the moon moving through Scorpio and Venus and Uranus conjunct in the sign of Taurus. But before we get there, we actually have a transit today that I want to talk about. And it is kind of related to what happens on Saturday with the uh, Venus conjunct Uranus. And today it's Mercury in a trine to Pluto. Now, talking about aspects for a moment, aspects are relationships between the planets. So don't get caught up in the word trine. It just describes there is a 120 degree angle between the planets. That angle translates to an ease and flow of energy in the relationship now between Mercury and Pluto. Mercury in the later degrees of Taurus and Pluto in the later degrees of Capricorn and both of these signs being Earth, right? So that there is a sort of practical uh, down to Earth uh, energy around it, right? Keeping our feet on the ground. And when we think about Mercury, it rules the, the, the mind, it rules how we think, it rules our communication. And in Taurus, it can be uh, adding a, a sort of very practical way of, a logical way even, of expressing ourselves uh, rather than being flowery and obtuse or, you know, way out there in the, in the way that we describe things or in the way that we talk or in the way that we think even. It can be more concrete, more um, down to earth. And when we look at Mercury right now in human design, it is at the gate eight. Oh yeah, I was going to try to share my screen with you guys. Let's see if I can do this uh, by just going to a website. So one moment here while I do this and log in and then I will share my screen with everybody. And then we can look at some of the details around this. 
I don't know why the site is so slow. I don't know why my computer is so slow. Anybody else out there noticing like it takes forever for some sites to open up? It's kind of crazy. And where things used to be really fast, like uh, Facebook lags so bad. I don't even want to go there. And it takes forever to open it up. And once it's opened up, it takes forever for the pictures to load. Uh, I don't know if that is my computer. I don't know if that's something internally going on with servers trying to make sure there isn't a hack happening within it. Uh, I don't know what it is. Whoops, why did I do that? That isn't where I want to go. I want to go to the mandala. All right, so now I'm going to share my screen. And what you guys are going to see is the human design um, chart that comes from... Um, Oh, wow. Look at all the things I can share now. Well, that's new. <laughs> a window, a Chrome tab. Uh, here we go. Genetic matrix. All right. So what you should be seeing now is unfortunately kind of cut off a little bit, but this is called the human design mandala. On the outer wheel, you can see all of the signs of the zodiac, right? So right up here, we would have Sagittarius and Capricorn and Scorpio and Libra. And then the opposite signs down here, we have Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer, etc. And in the center, of course, we have all of the gates of the human design. And outside of that, we have all of the I Ching hexagrams that are a part of human design. And I love this program because I can highlight specific parts of, of the chart. And so what we're talking about right now today is Mercury, Mercury being at the gate eight. And so the gate eight is right up here in the throat center. And the throat center, remember, is the center for metabolism. It is the center for communication, a la Mercury, right? Mercury and the throat center have a lot in common. It is also the center that... Uh, takes us into manifestation energy because when we have words to something, when we have a thought to something, we are then in the process of making it manifest. And it's important to note that the throat center also rules the metabolism in the human body and that communication and thinking and all of that is related to the metabolism. Maybe one day we'll have a conversation around how that's all connected. But for now, just know that this is a, a place in our chart that's very tender and the gate eight where Mercury is sitting is called the gate of contribution. And I want you to note it's opposing gate, the gate one. The gate one is a Scorpio gate. And the moon or the, yeah, the moon during the weekend will be moving through this gate. And with Mercury sitting here, we're going to have the complete channel of contribution or the channel of life purpose. And for all of us individually, that might mean that we are questioning ourselves this weekend about what we're here to do, what's our con contribution. We might feel like we, we have to force something to happen in, as far as our uh, ideas about who we are. I'm going to take this gate away for a moment because now if we look at just the gate eight on the throat center, it is a gate where we become very vulnerable because we want to make a contribution to the world. We want to share our gifts. We want to share our talents. We want to be recognized, heard, valued, right? That's the throat center, right? We speak to be heard. We speak to share. We speak to belong. We speak to bring something into being. And when the gate eight speaks, it is um, 
sometimes, you know, not being taken seriously, right? Because it can be speaking without waiting for the invitation, maybe aimed uh, at the right or at the wrong audience. Uh, maybe it is speaking in the wrong timing. Maybe it is speaking in the wrong, uh, about the wrong topic in, in that moment. Maybe it is uh, just speaking to be heard, right? Just speaking, 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 no rhyme, no reason, just chatty Cathy kind of energy. And if someone doesn't value what it is that we're contributing through our voice or through our words, then we may feel very vulnerable. And this begins a process for us of, of shutting down. Well, the opportunity for us with uh, the energy today, especially with Mercury here and Pluto sitting down here on the sacral at the gate 60, a very late Capricorn gate. You can see Capricorn highlighted right here with the gate 60 and that the gate eight is uh, highlighted in Taurus. So down here, right, gate eight. And what we what we can have here is the potential for um, that thing that we want to contribute, contribute that story we want to contribute or that just whatever it is that we want to bring forth into the world finding its place when we are waiting for that invitation. And the gate 60 where Pluto is, is called the gate of conservation. It is part of the energy of mutation occurring in the right timing, but it is also a pressure gate because it sits on the root center. All three of these gates, by the way, 52 and 60 and 53, if you guys have them and they're hanging, this is a hanging gate right here, right? Because it doesn't go all the way to the other side to three. This is a hanging gate because at this moment anyway, it doesn't go all the way across to one. And when we have a hanging gate in one of these three gates, we can sometimes fall into a depression feeling because the pressure can become so great in the root to want us to do something, right? There, that great pressure that we feel to go out into the world and do something, to share something, to be something, to find our purpose. It is all very pressurized when it's on the root center. And we can feel sort of depressed or melancholic because we don't know what it is that we need to change. We don't know what it is that we need to move toward. There's nothing there right, perhaps, or maybe there's too many things there. And so we can get shut down a bit when we have these gates hanging. And others of you might have this gate open by by usual, like your, your natal human design, and then a transit comes along, maybe you have gate three hanging, and this transit comes along and everything sort of falls into place, timing, right, timing, the right opportunity, the right people. And when that happens, there's like a click, right? And that you you get that sense of, ah, oh, this is where I'm going. And the same thing can happen here with the gate eight. If you have the gate one defined in your own natal chart, then you have this connection, this place that might crystallize for you about what it is that you're here to share and what you need to transform right now in your mind or in your uh, thinking uh, in in your speech, what to say that's going to make things click so that you can contribute. Um, if you don't have any of these gates defined this weekend, suddenly they're going to be defined by the moon at the gate one and by the uh, planet Mercury at the gate eight. And this is activated all weekend. 
And the gate 60 is also interesting in all of this because the 60 has a sense of wanting to create something sustainable, something that might stand the test of time, something that's not um, going to be here today and gone tomorrow. So if we're going to enact our purpose, we want it to have that the sort of legs that are going to stand that test of time. Pluto does that as well. Pluto says, let everything else go that doesn't fit so that we can stand the test of time. Saturn has that flair as well. And considering that Pluto is in the sign of Capricorn, a sign that Saturn rules, we can see how that energy can kind of dovetail with wanting to create something sustainable, something that stands the test of time, and as well, something that really <clears throat> matches our personal self-expression. So there we have that. Um, and before I, I'm going to close that out and I'm going to go back to StreamYard. I'm going to leave that up on the screen and see if there are any comments going on here. Good morning, Sylvester. It's good to see you out there. And, uh, Kajela says, yes, it's been happening to me. Uh, his boy, Sylvester's boy has a Scorpio moon in his chart. He is a very deep individual. I love him deep, 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 right? I have four grandchildren that are Scorpios. There's so much going on with them. It's amazing to me. And let's see uh, anything, any questions? Uh, Erica says, I love reading people. I've often said it's one of my favorite pastimes. I love that. I love that too. I, we know people. And if you happen to have an open identity center, you also are someone who knows people because you're trying on their identity. Uh, this is a site that can be accessed by anyone, correct? Yes, but in order to access some of the most uh, interesting parts of it, you have to either buy a day pass or buy a monthly pass or pay for it for each month or I just pay for it for the year. And I think it's like $9 a month. So Genetic Matrix, it's the best one. It is the best one. It's the, if I was going to buy a program, this is the only, this is the only one that I purchased. The other one I use is just for freebies. And that's because the quality of it isn't all that great. Uh, so anyway, great. It's good to have everybody out there. Let's talk about Saturday now with Venus. I'm going to go back to, for me, I'm going to go back to Chart Builder. And I'm going to start to build what this weekend looks like in terms of the Venus conjunction to Uranus. So both of them are sitting at the gate too, also on the identity center. So let's talk about the identity center for a moment, because this is where your soul lives. If we had to find a center in which the soul lives, it is right here. And it is a, it is a, an energy center that acts like a one-way magnet. It only has the ability to attract to you things, people, opportunities, events, experiences that are soul-based, right? So when you have certain things that are showing up in your life, you can bet that it is your identity center that is attracting these things to you for more development of your soul, right? Or for your soul's life lessons or your purpose, right? And as we uh, understand this more and more, we see that the, the center of who we are is about love. The four gates of love, the gate 10, the gate of self-love, 
the gate 15, the love of humanity, the gate 46, the love of being in the physical world or in a physical body, embodiment, and the love of spirit all lie in this center. And interesting because the center is about lovability and direction. So love is the energy that guides us to the right places, the right people, the right experiences to um, to empower our soul. I'm searching for the word there to really say, because there isn't a word that really employs the, the, the magnitude of the energy in that center. It's so important. Those of you who have this center open, and if you have it open, it's going to be white and you could have gates hanging on it. Like this would be a hanging gate too. Um, you have an open identity, an open sense of who you are. You're not quite sure how lovable you are or how worthy you are. Uh, you see that through the faces of other people around you. So you see that through your family, you see that through your friends, your work associates or colleagues. Um, you see it through the culture you're in or the society that you live in. So it's really important for people who have the open identity center to surround themselves by people they love and trust because they're going to be the ones that are going to show you how lovable, worthy, and uh, uh, how wanted you are in this world. Without that, it could be very easy for you to fall into a group of people that show you exactly what you fear and that is that you aren't worthy or you're not good enough or you're only good so good to this you know certain point so the identity center super important in our human design as it is the seat of the soul and as such we have gates on this center then that are designed to keep bringing us directional energy directional energy and the planet uranus has been sitting at this gate too for quite a while, right? He's been sitting here. It is called the gate of allowing. And it is a gate that connects uh, in, in the opposition point with the gate one. So gate one down here or up here, excuse me, is where the moon is going to be this weekend. And gate two is where Venus and Uranus are. And even once Venus moves off, Uranus will still be here for a while yet. So there are two ends of this energy. Why is that turning out red and not black? There we go, black. And the, the gate two then, let's deal with this one first. Uh, I want you to really pay attention to this gate. I want you to pay attention to this one and to the moon on Saturday, because when we get to the end of July, the north and the south node come to rest at these exact gates. So we're getting a preview of what some lessons are going to be for us over the next few months. This is a very, the gate two is the most yin gate, the most feminine gate in human design. It is a gate of self-worth and gratitude, trust, and open to receiving. In quantum human design, we call it the gate of allowing. And the gate of allowing because we're open to receiving not always being the giver, but being able to receive, to open, be open, right? And in this gate, in the, in the more shadow uh, energy of the gate, it's stress and fear that leads us to compromise ourselves, right? We let go of our passion uh, because we're afraid. We're afraid we won't be able to earn money by being an astrologer. We're afraid we won't earn money by being an artist. 
we're afraid we can't earn money, you fill in the blank, right? Or that we won't be able to sustain ourselves. And on the other hand, we can burn ourselves out with this energy by being overly self-sufficient. I have to do it myself. I can only do it by myself. I have to keep going. I don't allow anybody else to give me advice, to help me. I don't reach out for help. So this gate can burn us out when we are overly self-sufficient. Now, I'm not saying that self-sufficient is isn't a good thing, but no man or woman is an island, right? We're all in this together. There are always people out there ready and willing to lend you a hand, to lend you advice, or to even just be an ear or a shoulder to cry on because we don't have to be overly self-sufficient. So I think the main lesson that this gate brings us is about being completely trusting in being supported by the world at large. No matter what is happening, it's all in our divine highest and best interest. So even if it isn't the best experience, or even if it's something opposite of what you thought you wanted, there's something in it for you. It is in support of you. Take a look deeper, right? It is uh, it is Taurus and Scorpio energy we're dealing with here. So take a look under the hood. What more does it mean, right? So having that complete trust and then moving to totally embody the truth of yourself. And Uranus, remember, is a planet of change. He's a rebel. He's a contrarian even. Sometimes he just does the opposite of what everybody expects, because his whole idea and ideal is liberation, liberating us from our old paradigm, liberating us from our old thought patterns. So if we're going to be liberated, we need to be able to choose to move to totally embody the truth of who we are. It all comes down to choice because you do have free will here. You can stay. You can stay in your same old relationships. You can stay in your same old jobs. You can stay not knowing what you're passionate about. You can stay living somebody else's idea of what your life purpose is. No one says you have to change, but the pressure here is about change, right? Allowing something more. And when we get to the gate one, and this is important because the moon is going to move through here and trigger this entire uh, axis, if you will, in astrology and uh, both points of the identity center here in human design. And this is a gate of purpose. This gate is called life purpose or um, living from your purpose. And it's a yang gate. It is where this was divine feminine, yin. This is divine masculine, yang. And it's pushing outward, pushing out, right? And Mercury will still be sitting here at the gate eight. So what we have is a complete channel of contribution being uh, activated for the weekend. And this is a major creative force, right? This is bringing your ideas of who you are, of who you want to be, and allowing up to the throat for manifesting. Highly creative, highly self-expressive. And this is where the highest potential is that you realize that you are the artist, that you are the creator, that you are the author of your life. That's the high side. Now, there's always the, pos the possibility that we're not going to see that at all, right? There's the, always the possibility that you're going to get caught up in old paradigm thinking and you're going to get caught up in um, worry 
or fear that you, you, you don't know who you are, etc. And it's time for us to let that go, right? It's time. Um, what do you guys think about all of that? Gail, good morning. Wow. I was just thinking during my walk with my dog this morning, why do I allow these patterns I'm trying to let go? Um, exactly. <laughs> it, this has been, remember on Monday when I said that it, the week was going to be filled with uh, the scritchies, right? The, the These minor aspects that were going to create tension, like little needles beneath, you know, just like, or a, a mosquito nagging at you, right? And you can't find it. Um, or have you ever gotten a bee in your house and you can hear it buzzing, but you can't quite trace down where the buzzing's coming from. And you're looking at every window, every door to trying to find the damn bee. Um, that kind of an irritation. And this week was filled with them, filled with them, just minor irritations that were designed to set us on the right path, right? To, to see where we were out of sync where we were out of alignment. And I had a whole host of them show up. I was flabbergasted by how many irritations I had this week. And yet finally by like, uh, let's see, yesterday was Thursday. It was by Wednesday uh, afternoon. They had kind of straightened out and I felt a whole lot better about what I was doing only to have another um, irritation pop up yesterday. And I'm like, let's go back to the big con, the big uh, transits because you know, they're not as annoying. The little ones, though, have been annoying us, kind of triggering us, if you will, to move in a new direction or to really consider what it is that we're feeling and why and, you know, choosing to make a new step in a new direction. That's the whole idea. It's not like punitive, like let's beat Janet up or let's beat Gail up or let's beat Sylvester up. It's more like, what can I do <laughs> to wake her or he him up about what it is that they're not seeing yet, right, that they're not doing yet? So that energy was activated this week. And now we come to this these bigger transits, Mercury trying Pluto and Venus conjunct Uranus that are designed to wake us up even deeper, right? To make us choose something. A conjunction always blends the energies of the two planets. So we have the energy of our values, of our love interests, our relationships, um, our self-worth, gratitude even gets involved here, combining with the energy of liberation, of freedom, of the activation of the inner rebel. And together that could mean an explosion, moving forward, sort of energy that breaks, like the wave breaks on the sand or the shore, then it spreads, right? That spreads out. So we have this energy of change that's upon us. And maybe you don't need to change. Maybe you already consciously set out and made the changes that you needed to make, right? We, you could have done that too. So this might be an easier weekend for you. But I also want to point out that these are planets that are also activating things in our outer world. So it's not just, you know, personalized because Venus is involved, it is personal, but because Uranus is involved, it's also social or cultural. And the big cultural thing maybe that's coming up here is very financial, right? Very financial and also very much um, activating the economy. I saw an article this morning. I think it was, a, it was on my phone. So it must've been like a news flash type thing that uh, inflation rose 8.6% in the month of May. That's astounding. That's almost 10%. And 
I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot, but if you aggregate that over the course of a month when you buy things or how that's impacting housing prices or food prices or gasoline or clothing, everything that you, healthcare, everything, right? That That's a big jump, right? That's a big jump. So <clears throat> that is not sustainable, right? So we can already see the energy too of Pluto playing into all of this, not sustainable. We have to become, I, I want to use the word conservative, but please, if you're here in the USA, don't get that, or in any political sense, get that mixed up with the movement of conservatism versus liberalism, right? It doesn't, it doesn't mean that. It means that we have to learn what's most important and what we really truly value and move forward with that, right, in those ways. And I got to tell you, I've been feeling very disempowered lately around a couple of key areas. And it, all of you are probably feeling it in some respects too. I don't know where that might be in your life, but for me, it's happening with the uh, healthcare system. And I think I mentioned this uh, last week when I was trying to get my husband into a doctor, uh, I couldn't get him in until August, right? But in talking to another friend of mine, uh, here's her father, you know, having a very difficult time. He's in his 80s, right, close to 80, and needing more support from the healthcare system, but his benefits have run out. So what? You're just going to send him on home and let him die? Or, I mean, wh what, right? That really irritates me, right? It really irritates me because that means we're not valuing. There's something about what we're doing versus what we say we value. And that mismatch is creating stress, pressure, tension in the outer world dynamics. And you, you can look at this in almost every respect, right? What is it that is creating tension? If we say we value life, and we obviously do because there's this big movement now to uh, abolish abortion, right? We're saying we value life, but we don't value you if you're 80. So we're going to cut your benefits and we're not going to pay for you. We're not going to let you get what you need. There's a mismatch, right? That's the problem that there's this mismatch. And then a planet like Uranus comes along and puts it in your face, puts it in the face of, of, of us. And then when we don't choose to consciously make changes, it blows it up. It blows it up. We go into a deep recession or we go into a, uh, a depression or we go into a, a meltdown of some sorts, right? It can be, we go into a revolution, we go into a revolt, right? So we can only handle so much pressure. And when the pressure gets too much, it breaks. The best way to vent the pressure is to consciously choose to make changes. So I was sitting with that this week thinking there's a lot of pressure here for me. Uh, you know, I'm getting older. I, I'm I'm not 80 for sure, but, you know, I'm looking at, is that going to be my fate, right? All of you out there, however old you are, must be thinking the same thing. If you're here in the U.S., um, you know, the, the fear mongering about a universal health care plan was that we would have to wait weeks and months to get in to see doctors and the care would go down. Well, I'm telling you, it's already happened without going into universal health care. So again, I don't mean to wax political here, but it's this idea that there's got to be a better way. 
to be able to value, if we say we value something, to live according to those values. We, that happens in our personal lives as well. If you say you value something, then a, a transit like Venus conjunct Uranus comes along and shows you whether you are in alignment with that or you're not, right? So um, if you value relationship, for example, but you're doing everything you can to undermine your relationships in your life, then that's a mismatch energetically and the conjunction will make you change. Um, there is also from an astrological point of view, a sense of uh, excitement around this, of sort of a giddiness that can happen when we have this kind of a conjunction with Uranus. It's full of potential. It's full of opportunity. And so it might feel, uh, we might feel a little more adventurous, like we might venture out a little further outside of our comfort zones than we might normally do. So there's that part of it astrologically as well. But as I've been showing you here, underneath it all is so much more, so much more going on. And it's up to us to take a look at that. Now, uh, again, Venus will conjunct Uranus from Taurus at about, uh, let's see, they're going to conjunct at about, let's see, Venus and Uranus, I think it's 16 degrees of Taurus. So I want you to look at your own chart around 16 degrees. Maybe you look at maybe 16 to 20 degrees of, of your charts, seeing if you have other planets and other signs there and how that might be affecting the rest of, of um, the map of who you are and how you might be pulled into um, the weekend's energies. And if you have questions about that, you can certainly ask that here. Uh, hello, Nico. And all right, so I'll, I, I've uh, scrolled to the top or to the bottom so I can see new questions if they come in. Now let's go to Sunday. Sunday has again, another minor little aspect. So on Monday, we talked about a quintile and a quintile showing a specific gift or talent between the planets. So if you have a quintile in your own chart, it can point to where you have a talent, right? A hidden talent maybe, but a talent nonetheless. And in a transit, it might be triggering a talent for all of us. Like for that period of time, we have access to this, um, this particular gift that is given to us. Now, this weekend on Sunday, we have the sun in a biquintile aspect to Pluto. So a biquintile would be taking a quintile, which is a 72 degree angle and cutting it in half. So we would have uh, a 32, uh, wait, so we'd have a, it's going to be, okay, so why can't I think what's half of 72 is going to be a 31 degree relationship between the sun and Pluto. So a biquintile, cutting the quintile in half still represents the gift or the talent, but a little, that talent coming up from a need, from, from a tension or a, a little bit of an anxiety from something that, uh, like, for example, you're, you're working on uh, a project and you realize, oh my gosh, I need uh, a, a different kind of a pen to, to complete this project and having to take the steps to go out and get that pen, right? So another little tool that's going to help you do what you need to do to express that talent. So out of a need or out of a tension or a little bit of a stressor comes uh, a new, a dawning realization of what you need in order to enact that new gift, right? 
And what we have is the sun, of course, um, bringing up creative pro problem solving here. That I think that would be the best way to to characterize the sun in a biquintile with Pluto is creative problem solving, using a strategy, using a strategy, being strategic, which means having a, a plan, you know, a target, uh, targeting what it is that you want to do in very specific ways. And of course, the moon uh, that that day has moved into Sagittarius, so it does have a sort of uh, adventurous feel to it. <laughs> we'll have a little bit of a spirited feel to uh, that's coming up underneath it, giving us maybe a little bit of bravery to step outside and do something a little bit different, right? Creative problem solving. That's a minor aspect, but it will stem from maybe something that has been annoying the heck out of you that you need to solve the problem somehow, right? Uh, I can give you a great example of this, although uh, it's kind of early for that, but maybe it was because I experienced it that I can relate to it. Uh, for the last several months, the water in the sink in my kitchen has been running really slow. So we ordered a new faucet head, right? He took, my husband took the faucet head off, looked to see if there was like dirt or something accumulating in it that was clean, you know, causing it to slow down, not slowed down. The water in the bathrooms and the tubs all work great. But the sink in the kitchen, which, where you need to fill up pots of water or things like that, so slow, it's so annoying. And uh, so he took that off and we bought a new faucet head. He put that on. Well, last night I had had it. I was getting ready to go to bed. I was trying to fill up my water bottle and it was taking forever. And I said, if you don't do something about this, then I'm going to get a plumber in here and, and have the plumber take a look at what's going on. So Terry walks over to the sink picks up the spray head. So we have the faucet and then the spray head next to it. He picks it up, he undoes it, cleans it out. And somehow now all the water works fine. But it was that irritation, right? That need that I was done with slow flowing water. <laughs> Find me a creative way to solve this problem or I'm gonna do it on my, my own because I know I can't be a plumber. I'll get a plumber, right? So. <laughs> That's kind of the thing, right? There was this need, this tension, and I was done with the tension. I don't want this anymore. Now do something, right? Do something and find the talent. Well, Terry has a talent as a tinkerer. He can tinker with all kinds of things. Why would you think to undo the spray head on the completely other faucet thing, clean it out, and then restore a flow of water? It was weird, right? But that's the potential for Sunday, <laughs> or even now, I think it's already playing out. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Erica, it was really weird. That whole thing was weird. Um, but here we are, you know, it's like 10, 15, 10, 30. And I'm like, freaking out because I can't get my water. And that means, you know, I should, I need to go to the bathroom now to try to fill it up. But I have a big water bottle. And it doesn't fit in the bathroom sink as easily it does in the kitchen sink. So stupid things, right? It's the stupid little things that when you have too many, too many of them and it goes on for too long, you end up going, break, got to get out of that. Got to get that out of there. All right. Uh, I'm going to leave this open for questions and minerals from hard water. Oh, I don't know, Christine. I don't know if I have hard water or not. Um, I don't know. I have to check that one out. That's a good one. Good thought. Now let's do some card reading, shall we? So I'm going to take three people because I only have about 10 minutes. And that'll be the first three of you. So tell me two things that you want a card reading <laughs> and what deck you want. 
And if it's my choice of deck, you can just say your choice, right? And in the meantime, I'm going to get my cards closer because I moved them this morning. And while I'm waiting for the first three of you to jump in, I'm going to draw us an animal card for the weekend. And I'm going to remind you to go to my Living Astrology Facebook page, like, share, comment, or go to my YouTube page, thumbs up, share, subscribe the videos to get entry for a free reading, right? Next Friday, a week from today, I'll be pulling a, uh, a name from all of the people who have liked and shared and commented and also did that on YouTube, subscribed or shared or thumbs up a video. And you will get your choice of a free reading with me. And there's lots to choose from. I got Skunk Spirit upside down. Skunk Spirit says, know your worth. Well, we've been talking about that, haven't we? Look at, she's really kind of a cute little skunk, right? Let's see what she says. So 54, and it was in reverse, which means it's protection. Not everyone will appreciate you. Many people have issues of their own to address, and you may trigger something in them. But if so, no matter. Skunk spirit calls you to be fully yourself without apology. Now is a time for honesty and admitting that something does not sit right for you. You deserve the self-respect that comes when you courageously choose to stand up for yourself and speak your truth in love. Remember who you are and what really matters to you and act with integrity. You will be glad you did. Skunk upside down. Love it. Validating that Venus, val validating the gate two, validating the gate one. All right, so let's see who was first. Kajella says, yes, Starseed. Nice. Let's do that for Kajella while I'm waiting for others. Uh, good morning, Michelle. She says, I'd love one. Choose a deck, Michelle, while I'm pulling one for Kajella. Sorry, Kajella. I saw Susie comment, and I was going to say Susie, but that was just my brain nodding off for a moment. And Kajella, I love the Starseeds. I don't think I use this one enough. And the seven star sisters, birthing creations, tapestry of life and expression. The seven star sisters, of course, the Pleiades, right? The seven sisters. And let's see what this card is for, for you. The seven star sisters. Is it going to be under T for the or... Apparently not. Seven star sisters. <laughs> um, yes, here we go. Okay. So here is the card for you, Kajella. There are new creations that want to be born. Beauty that's yearning to be woven. New consciousness that's longing to be breathed into life. If you draw this card, you're being called to surrender to the, these creations to usher in a new era of consciousness and do your bit in a weaving of the web of life. This is the card of the artist and the midwife. You're being called to ponder questions. What wants to be birthed through you? What new creations are whispering in your ear? What beauty are you being called to make? Creativity and intuition come from the same sacred place. They occur when we find ourselves flowing with the rest of life. Earth is renowned as a planet of manifestation and creativity, and yet so many of us have forgotten how to create. 
Somewhere along the way, we stopped seeing ourselves as artists, as creatives, as poets. Yet to be human is to be creative. Creativity is part of your true nature. Perhaps you're being called to surrender to a creative project, such as a new business or a book. Or perhaps you're being called to weave beauty in your home or in the way you cook. Regardless of the end result, you're being called to express yourself through your creativity. To surrender to the creative projects that both scare and excite you. To find a way to weave beauty back into everyday life. For, there's, for where there's creativity, spirit and soul are present. And the world needs those qualities more now than ever. Here's your starseed soul inquiry. And all of you can do this, of course. What new creations are you being called to birth? So for you, Kajella, what new creations are you being called to birth? The seven star sisters. I wonder if in your galactic astrology, Kajella, that you have a connection to the Pleiades and which planets in the system or what's, you know, what stars in that system are, are you drawn to? Uh, you too, Erica, have a great weekend. Let's see. So I got Kajella and I thought I saw Michelle wanted one. Um, Michelle, I'm going to, I don't see what Oh, there, any. Okay, any. Good. Okay, let's do it. Let's do a star seed for you as well. I think maybe we need more messages from the stars, right? Think outside of the box. Ooh, Michelle, there's a good one coming here. I can feel it. Big picture thinking. This is your card, Michelle. Big picture thinking. And at the bottom, it says Pleiades energy, visionary, inspired ideas. Are we aligned with the Pleiades right now? Must be because somehow we're getting Pleiadian messages. Maybe they're trying to break through for us. Uh, so let's see, big picture thinking for you, Michelle. Now remember all of you out there, um, you're a part of our community here. And while we're pulling cards for what it looks like is Michelle, it's really a message that all of us can embrace, right? So think about it as being a message you need to hear as well. The Pleiadians are our cosmic cousins. They're here to remind us that it's never too late to learn new things and change the future. You're being called to be a visionary for the planet, to take a breath, shake off what you've been taught about the world and hold a new vision for humanity. You're like, you are likely a natural big picture thinker here to generate ideas for the future, here to birth a new age and dream a new world into being. The future will be woven by dream makers like you. By those with enough courage to question the way things have been and envision new possibilities for the planet. The world needs more artists, dreamers, inventors, and visionary thinkers. Perhaps you've had an idea recently that you're being called to usher in. If so, this card is your confirmation that it's divinely guided. The Pleiadians support us in the important stage at this important stage of Earth's development. They want us to know that the decisions we make today will affect the well-being of our planet and all of its species. They're calling on you to be a leader of the future, to hold a clear vision of what's possible, to trust that vision and follow it through with daily action, to dream a new world into being, to hold your mind open and try not to worry about what others think, for it takes great courage to pave a new path, to trust a vision before it's a reality. Here's your starseed soul inquiry here. How are you being called to step up and lead? What new ideas or creations are you being called to pursue? How are you being called to step up and lead? And what new ideas or creations are you being called to pursue? Good one. I love that. 
big picture thinking. I love it because if you see close up, it has the portal. And what's in the portal are the seven sisters, the stars from the Pleiades. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. So um, anybody else that wanted a card reading that I'm missing? I got Kajella. I got Michelle. Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom. Since you had a birthday this last within the, a week. <laughs> Let's do that for you. And he would like a Mayan card reading. I love this deck. Let's do the Mayans. All right. So this will be for Tom, but also a message likely for all of us. And they're kind of sticky because it's damp. It has been so wet here. I can't even believe it. We have a flood watch today. <laughs> it's like it's been November and not June. Tom. Etznob, Etznob is the karmic mirror, right? And look, see the reflection in the karmic mirror, right? What are we reflecting? I love it. Ooh, lots of light there. All right. So karmic mirror, Etznob, let's see what it has to say. And sometimes it's also Flint that Etznob represents. Um, Flint being uh, also reflective in some respects. Um Lighting the match, if you will, to something. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's too far back. Schwinn, Eb, Ben. Okay, is there just a place I can see where it is? It wants to hide. Ah, page 114. Should have done that to begin with. Okay, so here we go. Etznob is knife or flint, karmic mirror, timelessness, discrimination, clarity, hall of mirrors, spiritual warriorship, sword of truth, facing shadow and integration of paradox. The symbols are the mirror and the sword. Truth, call my name. I stand naked before you, stripped of illusion. Etznob offers you a special opportunity to journey into the Hall of Mirrors to address a part of yourself that you may have been avoiding or have not seen clearly. See the unclear, the unacknowledged, the illusion of problems. This is your chance to see the truth, to complete an unfinished lesson. Look into the mirror that reveals the unconscious and the shadowy parts of yourself that show you what stands between yourself and the light. You are being given the gift of insight. Receiving Etznob is an affirmation of your courage in facing the unclear parts of yourself, experiencing what you might address directly to find its gift. Use the world and other people as mirrors for your discovery process. Holding to your own fixed position keeps situations from changing. If you are holding a strong position, convinced that only you are right, free yourself to experience the power held in changing positions. Experiment with letting go or taking the other's viewpoint. Step into the other side of the mirror. Etznab guides you to a fluid position between the extremes of seeming polarities. To experience this position, mentally create a triangle of light by connecting yourself with two polarities. Then imagine yourself in the center of the triangle, the place of integration of the conflict or of the paradox, the place of fluidity. If you have a concern or question, 
Take time to receive fully the guidance held in this fluid center. There are no absolutes. The crack between the worlds is widening. You live in a time space framework that is expanding so that separation can be healed and heaven and earth become one. Judgment and acceptance are opposite sides of the same mirror. Walk through the reflections into the greater reality. And that's Ed Snap. All right. That was for you, Tom. That's actually for all of us, but Tom is the receiver on that one for us. All right. That is it for me today. I'm sorry. I would love to sit and just do these readings all day, but I have to go. I have clients, things to do. I'm so sorry. Um, but next week, maybe we'll do some more. Um, I wish you all a blessed weekend. Remember, it's all about what you want. Live your passions, right? Discover, discover what you truly are, who you truly are, what you truly want and move in that direction. All right. Much love to you all. Bye. See you on Monday. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for astrology, human design, and Gene Keys wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.